Hey guys, it's He Young. I'm thrilled to announce the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable, calling university students, both undergrad and postgrad, to discuss and record a topic discussion in English that ignites your passion. Team up with at least one friend and talk about something you truly care about. Submit your entry to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. The deadline falls on November the 30th. Be the next rising star on Roundtable. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, Hu Young. I'm joined by Yu Shun in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, from the day we're born, curiosity becomes a prime driving force that motivates us to explore unknown ideas and territories in search of answers and stimulation. Human beings have an innate desire to close the curiosity gap and solve riddles every day. However, Is curiosity always good? We discuss curiosity, the good, the bad, and the double-edged sword. And we'll have a heart-to-heart with you. You bring the questions, and we provide the answers. You can get your question on the show by sending us a voice memo or email to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in the show in our Heart to Heart segment. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. Now on Roundtable, as we move on to the next topic of discussion. We were all curious as kids. Every parent can attest to the fact that young children often pepper their conversations with an endless and occasionally tiring stream of "why" questions. However, as we grow older, rather unfortunately, a lot of us gradually grew out of that childlike curiosity. Nevertheless, after today's discussion. We'll find out. Maintaining a level of curiosity could be crucial for career development, better relationships, and an all-around happier life. But it's got its limits too. So we'll look at both sides.、Um, guys, do you agree that as adults, a lot of us somehow we left curiosity behind along the way?、Mm. And actually, we can see that the fact is many people are not. Curious enough to their jobs when they are adults, right? According to a survey of three thousand employees conducted by Francesca Gino of the Harvard Business School, only twenty-four percent reported feeling curious in their jobs on a regular basis, and seventy percent said they faced barriers to asking more questions at work. And、uh, don't worry, scientists say that that is just natural because people's curiosity tends to. Diminish when they are getting older, and according to a journal named Curiosity, a condition for learning in 2012, three-year-olds on average ask their parents about 100 questions a day and every day. However, by the time they're 10 to 11 years old, they've pretty much stopped asking. Of even greater concern is that by the age of 25, only two percent can think outside the box. Oh, believe it or not, that is just. You know the facts that scientists are giving out. Curiosity seldom survives childhood, and、um, these scientists will call these, you know, creative adults as the curious child who survived. 
That sounds like a story of doom. Um, Josh, do you agree with that assessment that while we just stop, or a lot of us as adults, we stop becoming curious after a certain age, or it's just gradually something we leave behind further and further? Maybe it's not like that. Well, I think that it makes a lot of sense that we do lose our curiosity. And this word curiosity, as I'm sure we're going to talk about, is quite a broad term and that it can encompass so many different concepts, right? Concepts like the about boredom or excitement or about the ambition to learn, um, about getting too stagnant and comfortable. But then on the flip side of that, I think that one of the reasons maybe that we lose our quote unquote curiosity is because we find stability. And I guess in, to some degree that can equate to boredom, but it could also equate to safety, right? Mm. And security. And it depends what's going on in your life. Maybe you've got a family. Maybe you've got other things that you prioritize more than your own personal development. But I would maintain, just as Yushun highlighted briefly, there's positives to take away from being curious and maintaining that mode of thinking throughout your whole life, I think. Oh, interesting. Or maybe we can look at it another way that is sort of trying to dissect curiosity or try to categorize it as, you know, there's the really positive type, which I think, you know, immediately jumps to our minds that, you know, it's curiosity that uh, propels inventions, discoveries, and human development on so many levels. And there's maybe the negative curiosity i'm thinking about possibly some mm. nosy nosy people um, well they're driven by curiosity too they just want to find out more about your private life and share with others and you don't really like that um and there's also you know just the slightly more ambivalent um way to look at curiosity as uh I wonder how you guys think about this one, um, which might be connected to our heart-to-heart -heart question coming up later on the show. That is, when you're online and we're familiar with uh, the invisible algorithms that push information or videos or social media posts to us as such, and... I'm curious, and therefore I fall down this rabbit hole of one after another of these short videos that um, that seem to sort of spike interest, and there's no obvious um, motivation or gain I can receive from watching these things, but you know, there's a flicker of curiosity, even if it's just for that one second, and click, it is fulfilled. Um, is that a good or bad thing? Or maybe that's just one of the ambivalent byproducts of the human curiosity. So what do you guys think? I think as long as you are realizing the fact that you are, you know, fed with the information that you are actually interested in, then I think it's fine. Because you know, you are not drowned in that kind of sink <laughs> of um, uh, the information that this platform is providing to you. So um, when you are on, especially on the internet, um, we have to have the ability or the awareness of, you know, identify what kind of information is useful or what kind of information is actually entertaining or what kind of inf information is something that you actually not do not need. Hmm. Josh, are you so optimistic about us staying aware online <laughs> like what Yushin just mentioned? Definitely, we 
need to be aware of this. I think uh, it, it is increasingly difficult to be so. But I think also we can make the point that even though we are increasingly aware of this, we don't really mind as much <laughs> as maybe we thought we would, right? Mm. I think many people know that they're being fed this information and maybe they are having an information overload and maybe even becoming addicted to this dopamine kick of regurgitated, you know, tailored media that's being fed through your feed to, to you. But I mean, we, we use this word feed. We forget that in English we call it feed, which mm. actually is food, right? Yeah. So it's easy to get addicted to junk food as much as it is easy to get addicted to junk media. And we de definitely have to be careful whether we're becoming more or less careful I'm not sure yet. I mm. think it's still too soon to say, to be honest. Okay. Also, some people might say that you need a certain type of soil to grow the fruit of human curiosity. And one could argue if you go through the Chinese education system and in classrooms, you're not always encouraged to be curious. Often, Curiosity starts with asking the why question. And if you're in an educational system that is constantly emphasizing on rote learning, on you need to eat up all this uh, knowledge that's been fed to you, and instead of critiquing it, then curiosity might be be a little bit more difficult to take root. Do you guys have anything to, to share here or not? Then I can just move on. Um, according to my experience of, you know, both going to school and uh, teaching kids, um, I think, of course, um, in the um, primary uh, period of students, of course, they need some certain knowledge to basically build up a kind of basic value system so that they um, the teachers are offering students some you know, certain correct quote-unquote correct answers but i think after that probably in high school or college i think teachers are encouraging students to have critical thinking and um, to think outside of the box okay we say that word again and we try to actually not always follow that kind of trend or just you know the right the quote-unquote right path to um, have another idea or have new ideas. So I think, yeah, we are trying to balance that. Josh, you have some ideas want to share here? Look back into your experience being schooled in the UK. Do you have recollection of, you know, curiosity being sort of encouraged or not in the classroom? I think that as we get older in most education systems around the world, at least in mine, I can say for sure, as I got older, curiosity, I wouldn't say that it was actively less encouraged. I think that a lot of people would say so. But I think that the importance of testing becomes more and more prominent as you go through the education system. And I think that tests often don't really encourage too much curiosity, you know, do they? Um, and less, there is less room for creativity when it comes to standardized testing. And obviously, when you're going to do um, pre-university exams and university entrance exams and things like this, they become the absolute focus of your academic life. Mm -hmm. So when you're in primary school and things like this, I do remember having a lot more classes where as students, we were allowed to explore our curiosity and go on field trips and things like this and arts and music and things like that. Yeah, I put it down to exams, really, but it became less and less 
prominent as I got older. Hmm. Now let's turn our attention to the grown-up uh, having to take up jobs and function in a society, you know, from classroom to now. Staying curious apparently is still important. Uh, what's this about, mm. Yushun? Right. Um, first of all, curiosity is kind of critical to professional success. That's according to an article of Harvard Business Review. A curious mind will spot and solve problems while being unafraid to try something new. It will seek out the insights of others and open itself to expanded thinking. A curious person will never succumb to apathy. Instead, pushing consistently for growth, innovation, and improvement, and anyone seeking to build a successful career must embrace curiosity. And、um, the reasons are: it makes your mind active instead of passive. Because curious people always ask questions and search for answers in their minds, and their minds are always active. Since the mind is like a Muscle, which becomes stronger through continual exercise, and the mental exercise caused by curiosity makes your mind stronger and stronger, and it opens up new worlds and possibilities. Because by being curious, you will be able to see new worlds and possibilities which are normally not visible if you are, you know, not curious to the world at all. They are hidden behind the surface of normal life, and it takes a curious mind to look beneath the surface and discover these new worlds and possibilities. Josh, same question to you: How important, or do you think, is important to、um, have curious people in the workforce or in the company? I think it really is important. I mean, especially on an individual level, if one wants to be successful, and if you can look at some of the most successful people in the world, in Areas like business and just in the workplace, good leaders and people who are at the top. Most of them are very well-rounded people. They are people that are curious. They are people that want to expand their knowledge, not just in that specific field that they're working in, but they are well-read and they do have an interest in arts or travel or something like this. And you know, I appreciate that maybe certain things. Aren't available to everybody. Like travel, it can be expensive. But I think that there's always opportunities for us to remain curious, to expand our knowledge, and to foster continuous learning and lifelong growth. And I think that that is a good method for success overall. Yeah, genuinely wanting to know more about something makes you open to. Um, unfamiliar experiences, and it makes you question the world around you. Millions. Saw the apple fall, but Sir Isaac Newton asked why, and、mm. he goes beyond that. Right? He wasn't satisfied with the answers others gave them. Then he took action to come up with his own answers. Basically, follow the why till there were no more whys. Eventually, he developed his theories of、uh, gravity, calculus, and reinvented mechanics as we know them today. So, curiosity, in my opinion, is the seed, but it's not the be-all end-all. It's、um, what you do after、um, having that spark of curiosity that's also really important. And some would even argue that.、Um, There are the negative curiosity types as well, like we mentioned briefly earlier on. 
Right. Um, I think that's more about, you know, when we are equating curiosity with questioning, right? Um, and we before questioning something, we need to think about it, and uh, we need to um, actually rethink it. Rethink that is it kind of negative curios curiosity because these kind of negative curiosity can lead people astray and involving them in detrimental activities such as you know gambling and drug use. We and we must be vigilant and guard against this. And additionally, we should always remember our moral boundaries, respect the rights of others, and avoid using curiosity as an excuse to violate ethical standards. And another thing I could think of when we are thinking about and using curiosity as an excuse is that you are using the curiosity without any thinking, because sometimes some straightforward questions, especially those that can be answered through publicly available sources of knowledge, can be explored independently by yourself before you seek answers from others. And in Chinese, we call these people shen shou dang. They are just, you know, giving out their hands and asking for answers, but not doing anything by themselves. So I think that is also one thing that people would not welcome when we are, you know, being fully curious. And that's a strong critique of students of an educational system that focuses too much on test results. Because if you grow up or you are churned out from this educational machine, always seeking that standardized one answer, sometimes people lose the ability to explore.、Mm. And to me, the saddest part is to lose the agency. To want to search for new answers, the other possibilities. When you think that there should be a fixed answer for everything, when in fact that's not how life works. Nor will new inventions, new business opportunities arise from such way of thinking. There's definitely the good type of curiosity, and it's important to stay aware of the not so、uh, bright side of. Curiosity as well、um, for the workplace, which you know this is what most adults have to do to、uh, work and bring home the bacon. So, how do you encourage people to stay curious or rekindle that flame of curiosity when work can be kind of dreadful sometimes? Josh, what are your thoughts? Well, it depends who you're asking here. I mean, to speak to An employee, myself, and encourage them. I mean, I think the first thing that you got to do is try your best. If if you have the means to find a job that values you values your private time,、um, because I think that the kind of office that gives you a healthy work life balance is the kind of environment that you're going to be able to have the energy to be curious. When your job drains you so much every day and makes you feel miserable, and you have an awful boss. Who wants to go home and I don't know learn something else? I mean, you, you, you know, it's it's really difficult. So I mean, that so my advice is to try to really think hard about your work situation because I think that it's really difficult and even patronizing to tell somebody to be curious when they're in a really awful working situation. If I'm speaking to an employer, and I think that as an employer, you should want to have employees that are curious. And again, if you have the power to do so, 
give your employees a better work-life balance. If you find that your employees aren't being curious enough, enough if they're not taking the opportunity to learn. I don't think that imp- most employees want to do extra time at work, you know, or extra classes for this. Give them an extra day off a month or something like this. Then they're going to have more energy and they're probably going to be more curious. So I think that's really the simple answer for me. I think, first of all, don't take things as granted and also don't be ashamed of asking questions. Of course, we say don't ask questions relentlessly, but we still need to be brave enough to ask questions. And of course, double check uh, if you can get the answer directly by yourself before you ask a questions. So, or I would suggest people to you know ask questions like, "How can I get the answer?" Uh, um, instead of "How what is the answer?" So. That is basically the way that you are trying to get an access to the answers, but not just asking for answer.、Mm. Well, curiosity is a wonderful motivator. When we focus on positive curiosity, we expand our knowledge and skills, and we advance life for all. The human mind doesn't distinguish immediately between the different types of curiosities. Though, so we need to become more aware of our curiosity leads to, and the best way is to start with why and see where it takes you. So stay positive, stay curious, and ask why. Coming up next, let's have a moment of heart to heart. You ask. We answer. Roundtable, heart to heart. This week we dipped into our mail bag and got this: Dear Roundtable, is the habit of staying in an information cocoon or thinking inside the box beneficial for our everyday choices? This is from our listener, a slow sheep. I have to say, you surprised me with this question because usually we talk about how to break away from information cocoons, but you're asking if there are some benefits from it too.、Um, I'm curious to hear <laughs> what you guys have to say.、Um, you shouldn't take it away. Yeah,、um, I think in this case we can understand. Uh, staying in an information cocoon as staying in your comfort zone, right? Because you are almost, you know, exclusively and passively receiving all of the information. Doing so is bound to make us feel kind of pleasant or comfortable and even secure, maybe. And this doesn't necessarily bring us only negative effects because we're always saying that we need to think outside the box, right? We can acquire information of interest to us. In this case, expand in this field and even gain more profound thinking because you may seek deeper information in this field because you are spending ton of time in one field, maybe. So,、um, in this way, these kind of、uh, deep contemplation allows us to. Explore our thoughts, values, and beliefs, and leading to maybe personal growth and self-awareness. But、um, we also need to say that、uh, keep staying in the same status or staying in the information cocoon can limit our perspectives、mm-hmm. and、um, you know hinder our creativity and prevent us from considering alternative solutions or making、uh, these well-informed decisions and. 
it is important to break out of these cocoons and think more broadly to make better choices in various aspects of life. So the fact is we may be staying in the information cocoons more or less because this is how the internet is right now, but it should be balanced with you know, our action and awareness of the potential drawbacks. Mm. An information cocoon, also known as an echo chamber, refers to a situation where an individual only exposes themselves to information that confirms their pre-existing beliefs or biases. In this situation, individuals tend to filter out information that challenges their beliefs, leading to the reinforcement of their existing worldview and limiting their exposure to alternative perspectives. Josh, what do you think? Well, I don't think that it's a good thing to remain in this cocoon. And I think that it's really important to develop one's critical thinking to the point where you can at least acknowledge that you're in it. Um, I think that it's pretty normal to some degree to want to look at particular information on particular topics. And therefore, you do end up looking at similar things. And we are all in our own cocoon, whether we like it or not, to some degree, just in life. And through our own experiences, we have no other choice but to empathize and live through those experiences. And I guess you could call that a cocoon. But I think that it is really beneficial to try to educate yourself about, you know, thinking about where the information is coming from, or who's speaking it and what motive they may have. And I think that that can really assist you in at least having uh, a more diverse and uh, accurate picture of, of what's going on. But it, it's a lifelong challenge, just as we discussed earlier. I guess that, that is also part of lifelong long learning to some degree and curiosity. Yeah, having the awareness is really important because when you look at this world right now um, with the increasingly polarizing political views in on various subjects, I think, could partially be attributed to how we receive our information and consume news. And when a lot of us are stuck or happily staying in these echo chambers, um, our existing views get drilled down further, reinforced, and sometimes radicalized. And that could be a big problem long term. Um, and I've advocated for many times on the show breaking away from uh, these echo chambers or information cocoons that we information cocoons that we have established for ourselves with the help of social media algorithms as such. But I have to admit, there are people in my WeChat friend moments or circle that I have blacklisted them <laughs> because I don't want to see their uh, what they're posting. Maybe we have very opposite views on many mm. things. And I know... If I'm consuming information healthily, I should have a balanced view. I should look at what they're saying as well. But it's like in real life, at work, you're already trying to do that. And when it's your own free time, you kind of just want to look at things that makes you happy. Mm. And sort of I've taken a diet on the information that enrages me, that makes me unhappy as such. So I guess I'm asking for a little bit of a reprieve for from everyone. And that's just a 
little guilty story that I'm sharing with you here. And but think about that they are also not accepting others' ideas. So yeah, maybe they've blacklisted me already. <laughs> so 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 I'm okay. Thank you. Get out of jail free card. Thank you. You should. <laughs> If you like what you hear, please send us your question or comment. To ezfmroundtable at foxmail dot com, and that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much, Josh Cotterell and Yushun, for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. We'll see you next time.